Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the Live Lounge Monday, 8pm. Myself, Phil Bars, Jack Garwood and Lee Boyce. It's been a busy weekend, gents, as we return from the beloved Blackpool and everything else in between. First of all, I haven't seen you for all of 12, about 24 hours, whatever it is. How are we all? Beloved is a stretch for Blackport. As a darts venue, as a town, there's nowhere better. But as a place in general, there's nowhere quite like it. And I'm not sure Beloved is the adjective. Like, oh, there's nowhere quite like London. Now, there's other big cities in the world that try and emulate aspects of it. There is nowhere on this earth that is like Blackpool. And everyone else could interpret that however they will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, look, it is unique, Boise, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, and now we'd have to visit it twice a year as well. It's great. It's I'm unique, special. And now twice a year. It's a lot different this time of year, that's for sure. Especially down a certain tunnel. A certain tunnel was very cold <laughs> on Friday or Saturday. Uh, but welcome along, chat room one and all. Plenty coming up on the show. We're going to jump in and say hi in a minute. Lots to look back at over the last week in darts. We have Premier League World Seniors to look over. We've got some interview clips, some interesting talking bits off of this one. Also, Devin Peterson will be joining us around 9pm um, as well to talk darts with him. Um, but first of all, in the chat room, Tommy is in. Alex, how are we doing? Uh, Sam is in. Don't worry, we're going to talk about Gezi, that is for sure, because right now he is on absolute fire. Uh, James, Adrian, Owen, how are we all doing? Of course, Paddy is in. How are we doing? Jeff just says, Gates, yep, unreal. Max is in. Vegas, can we do everyone a favour? Can we just skip the Premier League tonight? Because it's just a bit crap, isn't it? No, because we've got talking points. Because you're going to moan about one of them and you're going to say stupid. What one? 
Oh, the flags. Yeah, let's go on the flags. No, no football colours. Right. Um, <laughs> your own rules, lads. Uh, evening, Joe. How are you doing? Harry is in. Uh, Derek is in. Hope you are good, mate. Back from Blackpool. All right, James, Hendy, and Adam. Uh, so, first of all, we are going to... Let's do it in some kind of order. I know you we find it hard, but we'll, we'll, we'll try and no, no doubt we'll digress off of it. But let's rewind. Let's go back to Newcastle, first of all. And chat room, what are you saying? What was your first impressions of the Newcastle Premier League? Get involved in the chat room as well. But you boys, first of all, thoughts on Newcastle as a knight? Jack, you might as well start moaning now. Go on, over to you. Get it out of the way. Get your popcorn in. Sit back, ladies and gentlemen, and enjoy the next five minutes. Look, Gezi, superb. <coughs> Fair play, ridiculous. Van Gerwen, pretty similar. Peter Wright's dark change, bizarre. Um, Van Gerwen getting revenge for his 6-0 loss last week. But, 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 but. And what they did looked fantastic. The flag's up on stage. <coughs> but if you're going to do that for Chris Doby, you absolutely have to do that for every single player in the Premier League in their home city. <laughs> why? What do you mean, why? Why? It's fair. Why, why does he get more impetus for going home? <laughs> No, I do, I do agree with you, really. I'm just winding you up to us. For everyone who's joining tonight, they've heard it for the first time from you. For me, I've heard it about seven times. So it's easy enough for me to wind you up to us. I've heard the flags every day since Thursday. I, I stuck 50p in the meter early on Thursday when I saw them unloading the flags from the Jeep. <laughs> yeah, I was lucky enough to be with Jack at that point. Cheers for that. Was it a picture? Just I was just getting my comeback at Paul over the snooker loft. So yeah, I was in a good mood. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, the, the thing is, it's it's balance, like we say, between sport and entertainment. It looked great on TV and in the venue, it was unreal. Not denying that at all. But it is unsporting to not do that for every single player in their hometown. When they go to the Netherlands. Van Gerwen needs some sort of extra impetus. He needs to go to his local football team, have a pre-match interview, and then have some flags on stage. When you go to Manchester, horrible place, horrible football teams. But Nathan Aspinall is a big fan of one of those, and he deserves the same. But what are you going to do? Because Michael Smith classes Manchester his home venue as well. You can have Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, but he classes Manchester. It's close enough. Oh, it's, close, it's close enough. Um, so on that on that front, then. Where, where are you giving Johnny? Because don't say Cardiff's his home venue because it certainly isn't. I, I also think there's a second element to it and not just the not just the flads. I do I even I, even though I'm winding him up, I do agree with him on the on the flood front. The second part to it is the trouble that we've seen at the Premier League over the past few weeks in certain videos. One of the things to try and stop and cut out. I know the talk with the England Suns, but one of the things to try and cut out is the no football colours because of that potential. So the fact you would then go to Newcastle, and predominantly there might be a lot of Newcastle fans in there, but I'm sure there's also a fair few Sunderland and Middlesbrough fans, why you would then potentially open that up 
there's another way you could have done something for him returning home. It didn't have to. In the feature, I think the feature, very good doing the feature with him at St. James's Park. No issue with a feature. That's going to happen. Perfect. You need something local but and the flag, the, doing, the, doing the flag, for me, yeah, it, there's a bit of favouritism. And it's the first time him going to Newcastle actually being in the Premier League. But the, the thing that I was probably more concerned around was that potential people then maybe even turning and booing against Dolby, even though Dolby's in Newcastle, because of on being from Middlesbrough or Sunderland. So I don't think it was right. However, it looked very good. The funniest bit, Aspen, nothing against Dolby or anyone involved, even like, as an entertainment package, brilliant. It looked fantastic. But when your rules state no football colours to the fans, you then can't go and rub it in their faces with four massive fuck off flags in the colour of the local football team. Jack, 11 minutes in. No, it sorry. took 11 minutes. We did well. It took 11 minutes. There's only so many stupids you can fit into one show, and I'm saving them for later. But it's true. They are straight down the middle, the, the colours of the football club, for five more years until they go bright green for financial reasons. But you get what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, look, it, look, it looked great, but I, I, I do agree that They've gone massively, and look for the fans in there. Look, it was spine tingling, but do I think it's right when they're not done it for all? No, I, I do agree. I, it doesn't, it doesn't kind of sit. Hang on, but did he just agree, Boise? No, I, to far, I've said that in the same in the WhatsApp chat. Don't try and make out if you sound surprised. No, but normally you just say this is the PDC rule number one for Barry, and then we laugh awkwardly for five minutes and move on. To well, be honest, rule number one, he is right for doing it because. It looks amazing, so but I don't. Well, I mean, that much shot. I might just leave the show, watch it back on YouTube right now, and then come back to you in five minutes. I don't believe it happened as well, Dom. Please <laughs> <laughs> actually agree. Um, but loads is in. Uh, Pete is in. Don't worry, Pete, you'll be getting a mention soon. We saw more of you on TV than anyone this weekend, but we will talk about that in <laughs> a minute. Um, but the actual night itself. Let's that one there. Uh, so there we have it again. The average tumbled a little bit. Um, the overall night average 93.92, it was around the 97 mark last week. Um, that 150 checkout for MVG was certainly um remarkable under this situation. A going price of 10 dark leg and 38 180s. Um, I'm gonna take this off screen a minute because we spoke about this topic. Very much at the in Blackpool this weekend. Um, Peter writes darts now, it's all over social media, so we're not saying anything that's not already out there. He used the element 11 dart without the diamond grip, but actively put a target Swiss point in those darts. Didn't see that one coming. No. And logistically, it makes sense. The issues that players are currently having with travel... I'm going to stop you there. If he'd have used them at the weekend, I would have fully backed your sentiment up. But yeah. there was no sign of them in Germany on the Euro Tour. I, get, I did watch. Let's be yeah. honest. I, I was, was going to say, I knew where you were going with this. In his picnic blanket shirt, present the trophy on stage, then watching Peter Wright play darts. 
Yeah, I was just like, I knew where you were going with this, and if he'd have rocked up in Germany and used them, I could have fully got behind that sentiment. However, they are a dart that he tends to go back to. So long term, we, we may see that, right? With everything that's going on at the minute, with the amount of luggage that's going missing, with the impending strike in Germany next week that may mean travel is an absolute nightmare for all of the players, and God knows else what's yet to come, Having a dart where you can remove the point quickly and easily, like you can with the target Swiss point, makes sense to travel with. Because at that point, as long as the point is under a certain length, it is no longer a dangerous object. You cannot use it to stab somebody with, and it is okay to go through your hand luggage. Which at that point means there's no chance of losing that luggage because you keep it with you at all times. Your darts don't not arrive. Him not using it completely counteracts that argument. However... <laughs> You get the point. It makes sense for players to start moving towards a system where, or even carrying a repointer with them, where they can quickly place and replace points in their darts that mean they can carry it in their hand luggage. Oh, you know, look, Unless I, I, the BBC go back to the system where we've discussed before, where for Europe, they have a massive trunk of darts for everybody. I don't, the, the, the sentiment I, I, I get. But the other thing is where we're crossing manufacturing boundaries here. Is surely an issue as well, because that wasn't actively a new thing brought out by Red Dragon Peter's manufacturer. He blatantly put the target Swiss point in. I guess yeah, it's... which 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 for me is, I I understand where you come from, but if I was his manufacturer, I wouldn't be very happy. Can he use someone else's? We've seen players do it before. So, but is that copyrighted is my issue because they were the first to do it in that manner. Potentially, but that's an issue between the two manufacturers. From a player's point of view and from what we've seen from the majority of players, it seems like points aren't included in deals. You look at other players that have gone away from points. Or Normal points, points that aren't Gary Anderson's points were made away from Unicorn to start with. You look at the likes of Simon Whitlock and the amount of players that have followed on tour, it seems to be that points aren't part of the deal to points be a manufacturer. Points I get, but that specific system is completely different. Because of what it It's does. only an issue if Target decide it's an issue. I would suggest it may be an issue then, as we've seen previously. As I've been to your house, Rob. Oh, what? That lovely light ring I've got. Correct. <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm pretty sure we saw it in the, the last week on Twitter that someone had made almost replicas of Scott Williams' darts, which he wasn't too happy with. I'm so, not a copyright lawyer, mate. No, but what, what I'm saying is I can see it being an issue. Um, but it was interesting. Um but look, the game itself between MVG and Peter Wright wasn't that great. Uh, Kieran, using Neil Neil Duff using Joe Cullen's darts is that's just a he's just using a dart, and they're under the same manufacturer as well. So very very similar. One's based off the other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the um, the actual game itself between um, Peter Wright and MVG, um, it was okay. Um, Van Gaalen was in control, let right back in, and then had to produce a moment of brilliance to, to win it. Um, 
the story of Nathan Aspinall's Premier League so far, boys. Brilliant in game one. You can see it on the screen there. <coughs> in game two. Um, going price, after the first two games, we were like, mm, okay, look, we'll come on to the final in a minute. Um, and Chris Doby had the 12th man to beat Michael Smith, that's for sure. Yeah. It, it, it made a difference, of course. It made a difference um, during the game, but Derby done. Derby played well. Um, it was always going to be difficult, but we've seen before the crowd be used or try to be used as an advantage, and it's backfired massively. We saw even Peter Wright this year with the amount of experience he not mentioned how nervous he was in Scotland. So the fact Derby's been able to use that to his advantage, and it probably was that pressure was probably heightened by everything that come with the the show of the floods and the atmosphere. So um, very, very well done to Chris Dolby in that, in that winning. What hasn't been a, a great Premier League outing after week one, but to that now two quarterfinal wins, yes, against the same opponent. And I think probably, I know Dobbs anti-Premier League, but actually the fact that we had a repeat of quarterfinals, back-to-back weeks, it wasn't as bad. No. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, are we concerned about the ASP at the moment? Because he can't back up good performances. It is literally all or nothing right now. And when you've got to win multiple games in a night, not ideal. Yes and no. The fact he is winning the first game often enough means he's steadily accumulated points. He's going to be there or there about one night or two nights within the rest of the system, you expect it to click. You expect him to reach that final. You expect him to take advantage of a poor performance in the semi-final after he's battled through. Like I said, the, the fact that he isn't backing up top-notch performances is perhaps a, a sign that there is a little bit of concern there. But look, his game has never been about dominating people from start to finish on a massive run. It's just not him. Yeah. And then the final... Wow, just well. Welcome back, Gerwin Price. That's the kind of price that we saw when he was going on to win world championships and just absolutely smashing the field in, in late 2020, early 21. Yeah, it was it was outstanding from Price. We were very, very close to back-to-back six nil weeks for MVG, which would, would have been huge in the sense of how MVG's performed in this Premier League. Um, however... And I know we'll touch on Price a bit more as well as we go into the weekend. That final was was sensational. There's nothing MVG could have done. Even the best MVG we've seen this year um, would have struggled to that over the line. It would have taken something ridiculous to that anywhere near Derwin Price. He did, just didn't look like missing. And I think it was when it went free and up, it was just it was game over by then. But Price was just relentless. Yeah, we've got two clips to play from Newcastle. We've got one of Dobie and one from Gezi. We'll do Gezi first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad to win. But a 6-0 would have been a bit better for me. Obviously, on leg difference as well. But, yeah, wins a win. And I'm yeah, happy that I'm number, still number two. But it's uh, a few more weeks to go yet. No, I don't think so. I mean, in the old format, in the points we were on, I would say, yeah. But it's five points for a win. And if you keep losing week after week and people, you know, two or three people keep winning five points, then it's not over yet. So I'm on my game. I'm focused every single week. And if I could just keep picking up two 
two points. Even if I don't win the nights, then yeah, that'll be enough. But I still need to keep winning those one games every week. The little glint in his eye. How gutted was he that it wasn't 6-0? You can see when he was like... Argh. There aren't many people that hold many things over Van Gerwen, but a 6-0 win you can't take away, ever. No. Um, well, the one thing I will add as well, the glint in his eye, and it's when Derwin Price is talking about the Premier League as well, and I don't think we've ever saw that. And the fact that Derwin Price now is so positive, yes, does his dames in a good place, and we saw what over a month ago what he was like, but... The fact now he's looking at the Premier League and he wants to go on and, by the sounds of things, go and win the uh, league format as well, that MVG's already in the playoffs, as he told us two weeks ago. So it seems like Price is edging very close to be the second name in there. They're, they're done. The way, the way them two are playing, they, it, it's done. Yeah. The rest are shooting for two spots. Do we think this resurgence from Price is a beneficiary of his recent approach to darts in that he's gone back to play rugby a little bit, taking things a little bit more laid back, managing his schedule earlier this year, not in Euro tours and then skipping qualifiers is a big, big move for ranking money. But actually, he does seem in a really good place. And for the very, very first time, you can say, actually, he looks decent in this Premier League. Yeah. Uh, and look, he, he, t- he touched on it about in the Euro tour, which we'll come on to in a little bit as well. But the crowd support he's now getting... Is helping massively. Look, yes, he's playing the game as well. Look, he got booed at the start of the walk-on, which he says that I expect that. But the when they realised he had the black and white shirt on uh, as well, he's he's playing the game, and he's getting good receptions, and that's allowing him to play world-class starts. And look, I said this a couple of years ago. If he carries on this trajectory in ten years, I think we'll be talking about going Price as one of the all-time greats. If his photo stays... That's what I said. If he carries on to this trajectory... Which is then, massive. Yeah, which is I, massive. I, I, it's more around... I agree with I agree with Jack in the sense of doing what he's done away from the day. He seems to have done bits, but not an awful lot that has had a, a huge impact. Him staying focused on darts for 10 years is probably the most difficult part of anything to do with Darren Price. But I also probably think um, how good MVG's been this year and the the arrogance MVG's got in his interviews, which is MVG's always had, but now he's backing it up on the stage. That's also probably the price to tick up the bat side to put more time in and get back to the levels that he's doing now, because the two of them have been ridiculous in this Premier League. Yeah, we'll touch on that more in a minute. And we've got a clip from Dobie as well. 100%, I can't lie. Um, I'm, I'm the one that's normally as, as calm as anything, and tonight I felt it. I felt something different, and I think you can see my performances. I, I wasn't settled in any of the games, but um, yeah, I loved every minute. The week you've had as well, it's been quite traumatic, obviously, from last week, losing your luggage, playing with other people's darts on the pro tour, and then getting back late yesterday. Has that all had an effect as well? Not the ideal preparation heading here? Yeah, well, I only had one one day with me on darts and unknown clothes, so yeah, it, it, it did play a part but obviously I know I was going to be in that position obviously with the travelling and stuff so it's up to me to, to make that work and obviously I think the, the moment got the better of us tonight and on to next week Interesting No flags for anyone then <laughs> Oh I feel like that's not the last we've heard of uh, Floodgate from, Job. 
flag. <laughs> oh, it's escalated. We've now gone from full on just talking about it. We've had we got we got Flaggate now. Okay. Um. Uh, right. Definitely going to more. So, from there, we will talk about the World Seniors more in a minute. However, there was one special moment that happened away from darts. The look on Trina Gulliver's face when she was reunited with the World Championship Women Trophy is one that I don't think will ever, ever be forgotten. And I know Pete is in the the, the, the chat room um, as well. You saw Pete on TV bring the trophy up on like, an, a, just an absolute gesture that I don't think can be rivaled, matched or, or, or anything what Pete has done by winning the trophy in auction yeah, and, and presenting yeah. it to the 10 times world champion. So, Pete, yeah. superb. And as he says there, Helen's favourite photo. Just the entire moment was absolutely fantastic. Like, it, it could not have gone any better on screen. It, it was just absolutely perfect. It was so heartfelt. It was, it was just fantastic to watch. Like, you will not see a more wholesome moment on TV this year. Guarantee it. No. I agree. And it was just, it was the perfect moment to follow a near perfect Trina performance as well from what we've seen at the World Seniors. And it just landed perfectly. Yes, you didn't get the win. Um, but actually, it probably would have been worse if you'd have got the win because it might have taken something away from that win. The fact yeah. that you just put in a fantastic performance against Balfour. Who, who broke down himself just watching the moment on stage and was probably living what all of us were like watching that. It was just such a great moment. At a, it was just everything about it just seemed to run perfectly. And yeah, massive, massive shout out to um, Pete for presenting and uh, Helen for the, for the great words that she said leading up to that moment and Trina and Trina's reaction to first of all seeing the trophy and then the moment of realisation, I think, and speaking to Trina afterwards, Trina's words were, it felt like that was number 11. So it just shows how much that moment meant. And there's a brief, did... I've watched the clip so many times. <laughs> yeah, same. There's a brief moment where Helen's explained everything that's going on. The video trophies went on the auction and went, this is Pete. And she looks out into the crowd and sees him holding the trophy and her jaw just drops. As if to say, there's a chance that what's been building up at that moment is heading towards that trophy. But until you cast eyes on it, you're a bit like, actually, there's just going to be a nice little gesture here or it's just going to be a round of applause or we don't think that should have happened. But to see that trophy, like she stepped back a little bit and I was like, that's the most wholesome, best reaction you, you could possibly have hoped for. It, it was unbelievable. Yeah, look, and we've got a, we've got a clip from Trina as well because we got to speak to her Afterwards, and I, I, I bullied Gob. I was like, "Gob, we're speaking to Trina." <laughs> so here's here's the clip. 
Oh, totally amazing. I'm just totally gobsmacked. It's just, I just can't believe it. It was, uh, it was such a surprise and, and, you know, it's overwhelming, you know, to think that somebody would do that for you. It's really, it's, it's so special. When, obviously, the Darton World saw all the BDO trophies going to auction and you've held that one ten times, what was there a bit of sadness in you seeing them auctioned off knowing that not knowing where any of them would go or yeah, anything like course. that? Of course, you know, there's, there's so much history, isn't there, in, in all of them. And, um, yeah, it's, it's sad, but it's, it's out of everybody's control, and you know that's that's what's happened. But I, I'm just totally overwhelmed with the generosity of people. So it's, it's just it's just fantastic. Yeah, just superb. I know someone asked earlier as well before we close off on the trophies. I think all every, the whole. BDO auction went for around fifty-eight thousand, if I'm remember rightly. Yeah, the, the whole job auction, everything from trophies to boards to electric scorers, you name it, that was sold. It was it was around around fifty-eight grand, which is a staggering number. And the, these trophies are probably worth that and, and more to an awful lot of people. It, it's a shame it got to this point. It's a shame that. They were assets in a sale of a company that is is now defunct, and it's a shame that it escalated to this level. There could have been agreements met by, by certain parties where the price paid for these trophies was valued. Specifically, it was enough to clear the debt and we move on, and the auction makes it a little bit bad taste the way it was handled as well at times, offering a collective lot over the top after the stuff had already started and, and etc. But that trophy is in the right place and, and that's absolutely all that matters at the end. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. However, moving on to the seniors itself, what a tournament. Uh, Beaver Blackpool sold out on Saturday, not a spare seat in the building, boys, and it was an electric. Mental. Yeah. Absolutely mental. Dan and Dan bought his little lad up and he said it's the best darts. He was at the Premier League on Thursday night, came to the seniors on Saturday and said it's the best darts atmosphere he's ever seen. And he got a selfie with Wolfie. Yeah, obviously yeah. that helps. <laughs> what to look at as well, the fact it was a sold out in a venue that the seniors have never been to before, we've not seen darts in the, the venue before. There's always that element of a bit of a rush with a new tournament. There's always that aspect to it completely. And for me, obviously, the, the viewing figures that were released today are, are great. But the one thing that will probably stick with me from Blackpool is the memory, aside from the, the what we've just been speaking about, will be how good the atmosphere was on Saturday. That venue sold out. It just come across very good. Obviously, fortunate, fortunate enough to be in there and, and hear the noise when Phil's down his water and them sort of moments. It was just, it was just a very, very good atmosphere, and I thought Saturday was a brilliant day for World Seniors. Yeah, before Which we even get even more staggering when you take in the fact it was a mid-afternoon session in a resort town, out of season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, and before, before we even got to the Saturday, the golden ticket on the Friday was just a brilliant concept. Leonard Gates came through. That was. Just remarkable. And look, it was a gamble from him. He missed Virginia Beach in America to come over to effectively what was an open, not guaranteed anything. Spoiler alert, he walks away with the biggest prize of all. But just on that Friday, 
What a man to come through that field. Yeah, huge risk to even travel for an open way that you're not guaranteed. Look, a qualifier, there's two opens that follow, but financially, look, if you win them, you might still struggle to... Look, there's, there's money there, but it might still not be enough to cover expenses for a flight and hotel for long enough, even if you win both. 1,400 quid is... Depends on your flight across at the minute. Can, can get you pretty close to that limit. So to, one, take that risk, and then, two, to, to go on and, and win it the way he did sensational in the final beat some incredibly tough players on the way um perhaps not not a bigger story because look going from qualifier to win it has actually happened twice now in his history the other one was was david cameron and run um richie house has been a qualifier twice in two events or, or whatever and it has gone on to finals but a resurgent ronnie baxter making the semi-finals it was yeah. ridiculous. So good. So good on the Friday. That Last... we were talking Jack when it got to semi-finals. Yeah. And he was then at that point, when you look at the names that are in there at that point for me, Ronnie then became favourite to qualify because he was in ridiculous form. It's tough. An exceptional Leonard Dates performance, 108, 109, around that mark, to beat Ronnie Batster. However, Ronnie was so good, especially what we saw last month at the World Championships. I thought that. There's a lot more now we'll see of Ronnie um, because of this weekend. I mean, I was surprised by their performance at the World Championships. The last time I saw him play was in the qualifier for the first World Championships. And to be brutally honest, he wasn't that good. He was struggling to release his darts at times. It just didn't seem very fluent at all. At the time this weekend in, in, in the golden ticket, I saw him take out a 154 in the deciding leg of his opponent sat on 116. A 118 to win the match. It was just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Like free flowing, it was, it was very, very good to see that, that running backs were back. Look, I hope very close to, to being home for him in, in Blackpool. Um, but I completely agree that won't be the last we see of him if he's going to play like that. That was superb, yeah. And look, going on to the seniors itself, um, the quarterfinals first up, Richie Housen beat uh Robert Thornton 10 6. You look at the averages, and again, Thornton. Look, Thornton wasn't at his best. I, I'm not. I'm, I don't. I'm not doing Richie a disrespect there because Richie said it himself. Um, Robert didn't fire, and Richie took every every chance that he was given by Thornton. The owl pounced all over it in that victory. Yeah, Robert Thornton's well known for being soldered at tops. This didn't. This game just didn't show that the the couple of times, uh, and Richie will say himself that he missed opportunities, but. Richie punished him and it was a very difficult game for Richie in the sense of obviously he's just lost the World Championship final to Rob Thornton. He gets the draw just before that final that he's going to play him in the first round of the Champion of Champions. And he's probably thinking at that point, he just needs um, a little bit of luck. And I think there was part of the game that he done it because of the missed chances from the form. But it was a very, very steady performance from Richie Oson to that over the line. Uh, and a good a good way to open up the champion of champions. Uh, yeah, and then uh, David Cameron uh, beat an out of sorts Kevin Painter. Um, Kevin not at the races at all, and there was a little bit of needle at times on stage as as well. There was a couple of glares from Kevin in David Cameron's way. Look, we watched it back. We didn't see anything wrong from. Excalibur, but Kevin obviously took umbrage to it, Gob. 
No comment. <laughs> no. <laughs> Kev's a, quite a fiery character. And actually, for the last few tournaments, he's been pretty reserved, but it wasn't quite clicking for him. David Cameron was keeping him at arm's length, just doing enough. It wasn't the Kev that we'd seen at the Tavern numerous times or in other seniors events that had got him that invitation at, at, from the Tavern. Been two semi-finals at least. Didn't quite click for him. There was obviously something irking him. And I guess, look, I've been there as a player and others have too. When it's not quite clicking for you, you start looking for things. Or you start noticing those sort of things more and more often. And it just seems to happen and unravel that way for, for Kev. Yeah. Um, but... Excalibur marches on. Then the game we spoke about, Martin Adams, a 10-7 victory over Trina Gulliver, but a 7-0 and an 8-7 to Martin Adams. There were some big moments in that game and it could have been all so different, Boise. Yeah, it, it probably just was that experience on that stage for Martin Adams getting over the line because it was a very, very good Trina performance. Um Personally, I'd probably say I've been disappointed with the level we've seen of Trina because what we've seen this weekend is more as what of what that Trina ten times world champion. Um, but it's good to see that that dame is still there. the The story was very, very good from Trina. I actually think the average does it a bit of an injustice in how well that she played, um, and it was just that, I'd say, that experience from Adams that just got over the line. Yeah, and then in the last one, uh, the golden ticket winner, Leonard Gates, beats Phil Taylor 10-8. But for a lot of this game, Phil Taylor was hanging on to Leonard Gates' coattails and was was nicking a finish here and, and popping something there. In, in fairness, Leonard bossed this game, and that scoreline makes it look close, but I didn't feel it was. I always felt that Leonard had the gears to go through and Phil didn't. wasn't just hanging on. Phil led this game. But it just felt like he was, you know I mean? he was hanging on to Leonard's coattails. And... Yeah, look, he was pinching legs, etc. But at one point, he was 13 points in the averages and leading by two. He was 13 points down in the averages and leading by two legs. He was just picking off finishes. It, it looked like, well, I, I thought, the more and more he kept doing that, the more and more that it was going to happen. But... Gates had three ton plus checkouts in the space of five legs. He had a 1 2 1, a 104, and then a 102 to win it. And that completely broke Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, it was um it was just a, a, a weird game. Good, but weird. But <coughs> Phil needs that hip or hip operation and needs it quickly. Yeah. Because at, at, at the moment, this isn't the Phil that. We've even seen in exhibitions, in fairness, we've still seen him go up an average mid-90s in big exhibitions against your Michael Van Gerwens, your Glenn Durrance, and, and so on. And I just think that, I know he said he had the injection and whatever, but needs that surgery and needs it quick. Yeah, the, the good thing is like, he's signed up for till the end of 24. So there must be part of him there that believes that he can find a game to win these tournaments. I don't think Phil would be entering these if you don't still believe that he could go on and pick up some silverware in the World Seniors. And let's not forget, he got to two finals last year. So in, in, instead of writing um, Phil off, which many people have done before and done it incorrectly, let's not do it then because I think we will see a better Phil. Um, it was just strange to see because I agree with what you're saying in regards to it just seemed like 
Leonard was always going to win that game and he always felt like he was doing better. Normally, that's the other way around. You always used to watch Phil and it used to be. It doesn't matter what the story is right now. Taylor's still going to find a way to win the game. So it was strange to watch it the other way around, but I do think he'll come back um, better than what we've seen so far. Yeah, agreed. Um, then on to the semi-finals. Uh, look, both of these were absolutely gripping. Um, is is the is the both the same score lines? Both won thirteen eleven. Um, Richie House and David Cameron. This was swinging like an absolute pendulum. At, at one point, one would go too clear, then level. The other one would go in front. This was just an absolute seesaw of a tie. I stopped counting the amount of breaks. Do you know how many we finished on, Dob? Does it? Dubbed, I think it was something like 18, 18, 12 or eighteen fourteen or something, and it was just ridiculous. It's not the number X. I lost count how many times I said, "Right, that's it. That's the game done. Right, that's it. That's the game done." You just felt that every time. Right, that's it. They broke enough times. They're going to start holding now. They're going to start edging that gap out. Nope, we're going back the other way again. It just never ever seemed to to settle in that regard. And I think the fact that that was the third time those two have met in the last four TV events, were well, the last three that they've been in, I think might have played a part as well. Knowing that it was 1-1, David got the better of Richie at the lakeside on the way to the Masters title. Then Richie got revenge at the Tavern pretty recently. I think the, knowing that that was a trilogy was playing it a little bit. Look, it's actually the fourth time they've met. They played on the Friday night at the Open Series or the non-ranked event, as it was back then, before the lakeside qualifier. But... We write that one off because it didn't happen on TV. So we're just going for a trilogy because it sounds better. No, Richie writes that off. I'm telling you, David <laughs> yeah. doesn't. David That's doesn't write it off. Like, oh, yeah, what about that Friday went? Oh, yeah, that friendly with <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, they look at, they look at the storyline very differently. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but no, just, just a great game. And look, pre-game in the second one, we were a little bit worried because Martin didn't hit the heights that he hit. That he, he was superb in this game. But against Trina, we were thinking if he produces that kind of performance and the level we'd seen from Leonard, Leonard may steamroller him. It wasn't the level I was concerned about. It was the distance. We've seen Martin run out of steam in the Super Series a couple of times. He even said himself, the body won't let him do what he wants to do anymore to that level. And over this format, over over that distance of legs, I was concerned for Wolfie. But actually, the performance was brilliant. He kept pushing and pushing and pushing. He never, ever let Leonard settle, even when he opened up a bit of a gap. To, to fight back the way Martin did, I was like, hang about. We, we've genuinely got a game on here. And he, he just showed his class. But Leonard got out of jail a little bit once again. Yeah. It was like, like just a great game. Of, of arrows, that's for sure. Um, and then the final, obviously, look, wow. And look, Richie, I know he was gutted and, and he was disappointed that he hasn't beaten him. It's another defeat in a final, but the right man won the final because it could have been 13 7, 13 8. Leonard misses a whole host of Mac Dart. Halston comes back into it, but ultimately, the right man won the final. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think another final defeat for Richie. I think you take away the last bit of that sentence and look at it as it's another final for Richie too. Into the only one to do it, the positive spin that Richie seems to have put on it is his self today on 
social media. Um, now he's reflected on the game. Obviously, there's disappointment there initially. But what Leonard Dates has done this weekend was ridiculous. We're talking about the amount of darts that we that people play. We see, we moan about stuff like the Challenge Tour when you have so many games across a weekend. Leonard Dates played 17 games of darts. He was still in the venue on Saturday night at half past 10. I think it was even a little bit later on the Friday night. Um, he like was playing darts near enough 12 hours each day when you put in the practice time and everything he was doing to then get to the final on the Sunday and put in the performance he did. As you said, it could have been an, an, an easier win for Leonard Dates because of the performance early on. It was just ridiculous. And the only time we lost on the floor was to the two eventual winners. The man was just so good all weekend. So it's hard to disagree with the fact that of this weekend, the right man went on and picked up that trophy twice. Can also point out that between games, at times there were some pretty big waiting times. I never saw him sit down once. It yeah. was, right, I'm done. Walk back into the other room, get on a practice board. Throw, throw, throw. He finished the semi-final, offered the players 10, 15, maybe even 20 minutes gap between the two games because he just played the second semi-final. Leonard, 10, 15, how long do you want? I'm ready to go now, was his response. Let me go to the bathroom and I'll be straight back on. The man had just played 24 legs on stage against Martin Adams. And he's like, right, let's do it. That Spotify playlist of his must have absolutely battered the weekend. The amount of steps he put in listening to tunes. Even he must have been happy to listen to Phil Barzi's tunes on Sunday night because his phone was the run out. He just didn't stop. He didn't sit down. He was constantly listening to music. And even in the back, he's constantly moving or dancing. He just doesn't stop. But to the final, it was it, it was um, the right winner of that day. It was incredible. The entertainment he brings, everything he's brought to the seniors is what we want to see. So I just think it's very good. And obviously, for the expansion of the world seniors, it's good that we've got a North American picking up a title. Yeah, speaking of North America, Anthony's in the chat room. I uh, hope you are good, buddy. Can't wait for uh, cross border in a couple of weeks. And Anthony and Peter are going to be jumping on the show. Um, as well a week before that happens. Um, a couple of bits look, we, we will address. We don't hide behind stuff. Um, the random ad breaks, Rob, were put in so you got to see all of the darts, basically. Well, it was the winning moment of the darts. The yeah. winning moment. So because of the way the broadcast was, it had to be off air at a certain time. So if those ad breaks hadn't have got in, gone in mid-game, then Channel 5 would have cut and you wouldn't have seen the end of... <laughs> the games potentially so although not ideal it was the lesser of two evils so you saw the conclusion of the darts yeah when formats and stuff were discussed we initially had a longer broadcast time they got scaled back a bit as the event got closer so that on the sunday for instance you weren't competing with the england football game yeah which obviously um, we that little bit close yeah um Yes, Dennis did get his demands, and there was a little dot put on, so he knew who was throwing first. Oh, I love Dennis. <laughs> oh. You know, social media this weekend has been pretty positive, but there was one comment that absolutely made me laugh. Absolutely made me laugh, right? 
everyone's like brilliant this is on channel five the viewing figures are superb 3.5 million across two days is, is truly remarkable the comments especially under things like the, the trina trophy presentation unbelievable but someone genuinely tweeted the seniors account at one point this weekend and go who on earth picks your commentary teams this is disgraceful who the bloody hell is this dennis fella <laughs> Tell me you know nothing about darts about telling me you know nothing about darts. Oh, who's this Dennis fella? That's my favourite one ever. Um, look, and this, this this picture is just brilliant. The man with the trophy. We've got some clips. Is it, was that was that Pete in the background there? Because I don't think I saw him all weekend. Was he, was he in the background? Yeah, from the DJ shop sits next to him. Well, just like, wait <laughs> for those two. Yeah, just we'll look at you two all weekend. Uh... Um, so, we've got a clip from Leonard, first of all, after winning. You know, you wake up and you think, it's like, okay, I'm going to play darts today, but think that you become a champion? That's a whole nother, nother thought process. What was that feeling like when that winning double went in, knowing that you were a major TV title winner? Um, it's, it's unexpressible, if that's a word. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's, it's a, hey, you, you, you go and you, you do things that you do when you're doing this game. Uh, uh, you hit the doubles, you hit the triples, and when you hit it and you're just like, oh, my God, I just did that. And then you look around, it's like, there's nothing else left? Okay, let me hold this trophy up. <laughs> um, it just it makes you hungry, you know. Like, like you ask yourself, okay, I won this one. How many more can I win? You know what I mean? So I'm gonna see. <laughs> he plays like he did this weekend. A few more, that's for sure. Without, without doubt. But his opening line of that clip is when you wake up in the morning and you just think about playing darts. It's exactly what he did all weekend. <laughs> He did. Um, also, we've got a clip from Wolfie to play um, as... Well, we've, got, look, we've got two clips from Wolfie. We've got one on the tree at the moment and one where he rules out a return to Lakeside. Yeah, he did, yeah. Such a great moment. Great moment for Trina and great moment for ladies' darts, in my view. Yeah. The fact that that moment can never be repeated and you were sharing a stage with her, is that something for all the accolades you've won that you'll never forget? Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Uh, and, and the people that managed to get that get that trophy, um, and I, I can't thank them enough, you know, for doing that. You know, and they thought it was the right thing to do, uh, and I totally agree with them. Totally agree with them. And actually, brilliant that they managed to acquire it. Obviously, your name's on many of those BDO trophies and did it sadden you to see the way it all happened just the trophies just put on an auction site and, and being sold off years of, of darting history? Well yeah I mean I, I had hopes you know when the BDO sort of for the want of the term failed um, I was hoping that those trophies would be donated to a museum somewhere um, you know maybe the British Museum or the Victoria and Albert something like that you know so and start something new for, for darts you know maybe but yeah, obviously it wasn't a busy creditors weren't there uh, pound of flesh, don't they? And this, silver. Did you ever think about bidding on the men's one? Nah. Nah. I didn't see the point. I didn't see the point. My name's on that trophy, whatever, and I will always remember that. Yes, I had the, I won the trophy three times. I actually knocked the handle off for what, <laughs> <I'll be> once. <laughs> you know, so whoever's actually got the trophy, it was put back together by a lovely uh, silversmiths in Sheffield. That, that's, that's nice to know. <laughs> uh, I love that from Wolfie. Um, but also, we'll come back to the second bit in a minute. But perfect timing. And without further ado, 
our guest has arrived. The one, the only, Mr. Devin Peterson's in the house. What's happening, boys? You good? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, good. I mean, you, you catch me at this little, uh, this godforsaken hour. I don't know who is up at this time. If you are a parent, <laughs> this is bedtime. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I'm here. I'm here. Clearly, none of us three have the issue of being a parent now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's, it's, it's great. The, the concept is great. It's the practical, the practical labor that you have to do raising kids. It's, it's not that easy, but it's, it's joyful nonetheless. Uh, first of all, mate, how are you? How's things and, and how's life? Yeah, it's been really great. I mean, things things on a, on a personal level is fantastic. I mean, everything is just moving in the right direction. Uh, the darts is slowly but surely getting there as well. And it's it's actually funny that you, you, you messaged me today and, and say, like, listen, you want to hop on? Because um, I think that from a form perspective, the last three days have probably been the best I've practiced for a while. And yeah, I think every time I speak to you, it, it changes kind of uh, the way in which things see. So I guess it's like time, like it's fake. Like I have to announce on your channel that I'm playing well again, or I'm going to get back to the level that I am and or was. And then, yeah, people go to this recording and go, oh yeah, did you see? Remember when he said this, this and this? And yeah, so yeah. Yeah, the actual game itself, obviously, I know that we've, we've touched on it. And I, and I remember asking you at the Worlds all that time and you, were, you weren't a very good liar because we could see through it. And how long did it take you to get over that wrist injury, honestly? Because I know at the time you were saying, no, no, it's fine, it's fine, when, when clearly it wasn't. And how long did it take to actually get over that? It was the UK Open. Yeah, the UK Open was the last time that you spoke to me about the, the wrist injury. Um, and I think I got to the quarterfinals that year. It, it was kind of probably, I could feel like it was it was getting worse. and But I was I was... I was having consultation and whether I'm going to have the operation or not on it. At the time I was playing okay. I still had that fear factor about me, about my game and the 180. So I didn't want to kind of lose that. So I just kind of soldiered through it. I think in hindsight now, probably looking at having the operation was probably would have been a better idea. But I thought if I change my throw, I'll still be able to compete the same way. But it's, it's never the case. So I changed my throw. A lot of the things um, that I did um, didn't work. It, it it didn't maintain anything, really. It just kind of slowed down the process of me kind of going down in, in, in my form. And I thought that at some point it will just click back. But, yeah, it's been a long and hard uh, journey back. And, and yeah, it's it's crazy to think that you you, you can taste the, the, the top of the tree and eat from the top of the tree like I did in 2020. And then in 2022, 2023, you kind of, everybody's kind of talking about, uh, these players are going to lose their tour card and your face pops up, which is, um, yeah, which is, it's probably a reality check as well. Um, just making sure that um, <laughs> mentally you stay, you stay sound about that. But yeah, I think, I think where I'm at now is I've, I've changed a lot of things around. I've, I've worked with countless um, uh, coaches as well. Jamal Pegg was probably the last one in, in the U S um, and, He's kind of been analyzing the throw from a from a tension perspective because I, I I continuously spoke about tension, but we could never get to the to the bottom of it. And he then kind of pointed out a few things, and yeah, I, I think that um, I've taken it on board and, and moved it in the right direction. You're a player that's probably spoken about and been open about the fact you, you receive coaching more than any other pro on the tour. To be honest, Glenn Durant had a failure, etc. How important and how big do you see that for the game in, in the future moving forward, especially at, at the top level? 
it's massive. Like you look at the, 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 the top players in the world, you probably can count on your one hand who's playing the best, but you ask them exactly what do they do to replicate that? It's, it's literally confidence form and all of these things. Some of them might know exactly what they're doing. That's why they maintain that, that level for such a long period. Um, and the ones that dip in and out, they, they have no clue. So they just feel as though the conference, I'm a player that I like to know exactly what I'm doing to replicate, whether you play FIFA um, on the PlayStation 5, whether you play Call of Duty, whether you play darts, it's the same thing. It's all strategy, it's all wrist movements, all of these things. So you kind of know exactly where your arm needs to be pulled back to to release it. And people say, yeah, you overanalyze. You can't overanalyze something that is, if you built a robot, that has to be perfect for it to actually operate in a certain way. So yeah, you can't just go, yeah, but as a robot, I mean, you, you're going to have to um, uh, leave room for error. But I know that we, we we humans and we make mistakes, but the mistakes that the top guys make is, is the small percentages compared to the vast majority of everybody on the tour. So that's why I think that you see some, the likes of Josh Rock competing last year. He was mind-blowing and this season he's not even ignited. So it's probably one of those kind of examples. And you see Gowan Price going through a lull because of confidence and all of that stuff, not knowing his rest injury and now he's back. Or Michael Smith having a, a discussion about his rest as well. So there's a lot of things that players, when something stops them from kind of performing like they do and their confidence is low and the, the technique is not right, to have that base to go back to, okay, cool, these are the checkpoints. And Jamal spoke about it a lot when, when I was coaching. He's saying, make sure that the checkpoints are there. Make sure that your arm is at the right height. Make sure this, this, this. Going back to basics. So understanding that it's, it's, it, it's all part of coaching because a lot of players... They say that dark players, to be the one of some of the best dark players, you have to be a bit thick or not like um, have any kind of analytical brain. But that, I don't think that's the truth. I think that having the analytical brain will be the future of the sport, and that's where we're going with with the youth as well. Devin, we won't we won't mention football. We'll keep it as a dark show uh, this time around. Just one thing there, you mentioned around um, the Tortard race and that being mentioned, and your name being mentioned in that as a player. Me, Jack and Phil are probably looking at it every day and looking at money coming off and where's that? But as a player, how much are you, are you looking at the rantings or is it more around your feel on the stage and how that throw is at the time? Um, I could care less about what was happening on the ranking simply because looking at it's not going to change it. The only way you change it is when you, you do stuff on the on the pitch. I mean, on the hockey, I mean, I mean, look at Man United. They won the Carabao Cup after six years. So it's not how big Man United was before. It's what they do on the pitch. You know, that name doesn't mean anything anymore after six years bringing the trophy. But it's the same thing for me. When I'm watching the, the stats, I'm looking at the players going up and down and changing positions. But I can't do anything looking at that. When they talk about tour card losses, if you lose your tour card, it doesn't mean you can't retain it or regain it. I mean, we've seen Keegan Brown do that. This season, a lot of other players also doing that. Endo's probably one of the players that has benefited from not getting his tour card back because he can get his confidence, he's in winning ways. So who knows, he, he turns back after after like Andy Bolton plays almost every player's champs when the players are not there. So, I mean, these are the opportunities. So the thing is, is the tour card discussion doesn't really bother me. It's just seeing your, your name and your face kind of part of that kind of ignite some 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 kind of dog in if you must call it because i've been in this position before i mean um it's probably 2018 when i was and i needed to get to a last 16 in the in the world to to hold my maintain my tour card and i did it uh after having the worst season um in my in my career so yeah i feel like i feel like everything that i've done in my past um kind of shows that i 
I kind of have the balls to do it again. So, um, yeah, I just needed to make sure that my throw, that's the number one thing, though, is understanding that your throw is correct. If you have the confidence knowing that there's no doubts about your technique, everything else that I have is positive and strong. So there's there's a lot of players, can they can put more hours in more than me. I put in six roughly a day. So if they're putting in eight, that's great. Um, their technique can be a lot more solid than mine. That's the only thing. But the mindset, that's where I kind of feel there's a differentiating factor. I always have the dog. I always have the, like you'll see like the likes of Nathan Asmo. You can never count him out because he has that mindset of, I'm not out until I'm out basically so you're gonna have to drag me off the stage like that so i feel as though mentality wise I'm, I'm probably one of the strongest on the on the tour but i think that my technique and and all of these things are now gonna need to just kind of jolt up to to where my mindset is about but i feel i feel strong about the performances and the, and the and the change i mean shot and 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 condo have been massive contributors to that constantly changing design changing slight um points that i need to kind of position and that's a big thing as well like players look at um, sponsors on a shirt, um, like for the example, equipment sponsors. But understanding those equipment sponsors have a responsibility towards you to make you better. So whether it is a, a small mill on the on the on the point that changes the balance in the dart and how it hits the board, if it's a, a weight change, if it's a length of the dart, you have to experiment with these things because if you're throwing a 96 average, you're very close to throwing a 105 average. It might just be a small equipment change or a small technique change. So coaching and equipment sponsors and all of these things come, become part of that, and it's a major part of, of what our sport is becoming. How much of your – you've spoken about coaching, you've then spoken about equipment and your technique. What's the balance like in your game between mental and physical? Because obviously you've got those points that you reset to with your coaching. How often are you thinking about those? You've spoken about arresting a bit of a slide that you've already done once before and – and approaching that, how, where's your game right now? Is it 100% technique and the rest will follow and you're not worrying about anything else? Is it, right, there's a bit of me that needs to get up for the fight? And how's that balance in your game right now? I think everything is mentally-wise, I'm 100% there, I'm full on. My technique is the one thing that I need to get more consistent because some of the games I can play, I can go 14, 12, 15, back-to-back, -back, and then there's something that just changes simply because there's a slight shift in the mentality of, or from the, the technique back into the game itself competing. So I'm finding that that balance a bit um, because it was all focused on technique and not about competing as, as weird as that sound, even though we're competing on a daily basis or on a weekend, every weekend, all I'm just making sure is whilst I'm in the game competing, that my technique is solid. So if there's points that I can walk away, like people will see, oh, you lost um, 6-1 or 6-0 or 6-3 against whoever. I come back from that and I look at patches of my game and I look at, okay, cool. The tons are more now, the 140s are more. So holistically, my... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. 
For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. My averages are changing. My percentage on finishing, maybe that needs to change. Things, small points like that. And when you're discussing it with coaches and sports psychologists, they then trigger things in your brain. And now I'm at the point where everything technique-wise is great. So now I just need to embed that that technique and make it solid. And then, yeah, I think I think for for where I'm at now, I feel as though there's a massive surprise that, that could spark. And then people's going to go, where did all this come from? And then I'll just say, it took me two years to get here. Love that. Um, we've got one from Pete here that says, um, who does Devon think has the best walk-on? Not my question. So I'm guessing Helen Chamberlain is watching along as well. Hope you are good, Helen. <laughs> Listen, the best walk-on um, after mine, or, or, or is mine included? Because I think I think there's no better walk-on than mine, um, um, and not being biased at all. I've seen Dimitri try to. He, he just looks like he's stepping on cockroaches. Um, and I think song-wise. Because uh, there's nobody that dances on stage, so I know that. Right, Peter, I hops around left to right as if he's running away from fire. But I think that song-wise, I mean, there's there's probably two that stand out: is Joe Cullen and Nathan Aspinall. They, I know the Sweet Caroline one is is kind of corny and stuff, but that's not one of my big tunes. But I think Nathan Aspinall and Joe Cullen, they the two of them have that walking. But coming, I mean, bearing in mind Newcastle. They, they just kind of left the roof off with Chris Toby. It was almost William O'Connor-esque when he went to Ireland and, and kind of had that Premier League. So, yeah, there's a few guys, but it's not it's not for antiques. It's more songs. So, depending on how popular the song is, if you're talking about changing the way in which Walk-Ons was, I mean, 2016 till 2020 was, um, yeah, was my strong point. Uh, Big Johnny's in. hope you are good, Johnny. Uh, this is an interesting one. This kind of goes hand-in-hand, Dev, about the... The African Continental Tour and obviously your academies that you've set up in South Africa as well. I'm guessing the two go hand in hand here. So the floor is yours. How that's all going? Okay, so yeah, it's it's really been a a, a journey since 2016. Uh, we wanted to set up the, the the academy back then, and all of the things didn't work in South Africa simply because of there's still a lot of politics with regards in the sport. So even though the BDO and the PDC had their thing back in the day, we're literally experiencing that now in this day and age, even though they have the example. But if I talk about exactly what we're doing, we set up a school league, academy league. We're setting up a a university, it's called the Campus League. Uh, We've got the ACT tour, the ADS, the qualifiers. And this is all on the app as well. So you can check this out on Dart Connect, all the stats and all of these things. So what we're basically building is a system or pathway to becoming a professional because we want to teach it from the school league and introduce it there so that it it, it continues. So it's almost like the Barcelona training. So for example, if you're going to have a player that goes to Barcelona and plays for the senior team, he's going to join at the, at the junior levels and learn the ways from the start. So the best ways to do it is in the school leagues and the, and the academies. Then when you move on to aspirational tour, which is our kind of development tour, then you have the ADS, which is a weekly league, and then the ACT, which is the pro tours that we have, and then we have the qualifiers. So it's literally a funnel from garage to grandstand, and that's what we have. And it's it's amazing. We just finished season one now. There's, we're going to have players go to uh, the United States to compete there, uh, selected from our seasons, and then 
also we have the World Cup qualifier happening this weekend. So somebody will win the the major the major prize, and yeah, you'll be seeing them in June. On the World Cup, how excited are you of the changes that it is now pairs only? It's sexy. It's it's something that a lot of the players, not a lot of the players. Let me put it this way: the player, the teams that are underdog teams, so the teams that come in with players that are not on the tour, players that have one play on the tour and another one qualifying. It's kind of, um, it's a balance. There's now, okay, cool. So if you're not good enough on the, as a pairs team, and a lot of the, the pros struggle because they win, when's the last time they played pairs? So a lot of them play well. If you, if you like the likes of Casey and, and, and Johnny, cause they gel together or, uh, depending on whose team, um, Holland this year, I mean, they played well last season. Um, so yeah, you look at all of these things and it, and it changes the dynamic of who goes in as a favorite, because now there's, there's nothing, there's no, even, even the bookies will get it wrong a lot because there's no real standard or measurable of, of the pay. So yeah, I think that there might be like, it could be a Italy versus South Africa in a final. Um, of the World Cup, which would be amazing. I think it's 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 just it's exactly what the players want. It's exactly what the crowd wants. It's going to change the way in which the TV is viewed because everybody wants to see. And it might just get a spark, like we saw Leonard Gates win this weekend um, at the World Series. Uh, um, um, the veterans, what? Yeah, seniors, seniors. Sorry, the seniors. And you see that because he's from the US. There was a massive um, influx of views as well. So you you kind of getting creating that little almost World Series esque interest because the, the 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 event has changed. So yeah, I think it's it's really exciting and hopefully it, it remains. I promise this isn't scripted, but this goes hand in hand what you said there about the World Series. Is it time that South Africa has a World Series event? So we're planning this. So it's it's probably um, probably news to you guys as well. But yeah, we plan. That's the reason why we have the structure and the the PDC partnership is not just there simply because I'm a PDC player and that's why we have the partnership. Because there's a a goal to grow the sport on the continent um, and also just bring the eyes. We have good players there. They are showing um, not every part of it, but I think that. As as long as we get comfortable with the with the current settings and and the system, we will have a World Series, and I think that it's it's probably going to happen sooner than you can expect. So yeah, we have the shopping list already. We've requested it, so we know exactly what kind of costs, uh, what kind of partners we need on board. So I'm hoping in the next two years, three years, that three years is a bit a bit long for me. So hopefully in two years' time we'll have a, a World Series event and. And who knows, maybe we can get you guys over and, and you can do a live lounge live. Oh, I'm coming. If it's in South Africa, I'm coming 100%. <laughs> we'll definitely have the invite. Oh, you paying for me. You can work it out between you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last one before we let you go. Obviously, as, this is as a player and as a fan, I'd like your opinion on the current Premier League format because it is very divided at the moment between the fan in the venue and the fan at home. So professional and as a as a fan how, how are you seeing this year's Premier League I think so the the okay cool let me go fan first no let me go professional first because I think that's probably easier the fan is uh, the fan will be a slightly bit 50 uh, 50 but I think if you look at from a from a perspective of um, a professional itself the boys compete every single week 
right? And you know who's the inform player. So MVG and Go on Price are the two inform. Then you'll have like a, a Chris Dobie thrown in there. You'll have a Nathan Aspinall thrown in there. Um, you have Dimitri Vandenberg. Uh, Peter Wright's definitely not at the races. Johnny Clayton, slightly hit and miss at the moment. But you you have these players and obviously Michael Smith, but he's the obviously got the champion right <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy though. But but this is the thing though, like you, you look at all of those those names and, and anything can spark off. But the players that are in form and that are winning are the top two currently now. So yeah, I think from a from a professional perspective, they the players are enjoying it if you're winning. If you're losing every week, you need to have a break away from the game and you can't have it if you're in the Premier League, unfortunately. And you have to get up for three three games a night. So, I mean, on a Thursday, and then you have to travel and all of those things. So, I think for the players, it's going to burn them out. I think that maybe the length is slightly going to be changed in the future because you want to you wanna kind of have that build-up. So, it might be every alternative week. I think those are kind of options that you can look at. Um, as a fan, though, I mean, if you're in the venue, you're seeing a winner being crowned, that's like having a European tour hosted on the final Sunday in every different area. And that's what people want to see. I mean, not everybody goes to the Ali Pali. Not everybody goes to Blackpool. Not everybody goes to Wolverhampton. So here you have in Liverpool, in Leeds, in Exeter, all of these places, you will see a champion being crowned for most of the people that's there. I mean, that's great. But the guys that watch it on TV, those are... Um, it's tough though. Like, I can't understand how, if you at home, how you can't get excited for seeing a a start to finish event in one night. I, I can't see it because there's a lot of there's a lot that goes on in that. Like, you're literally seeing it's not one game. So remember when the when the Premier League was just one single game and and somebody will turn up and maybe he's not in form, so he'll only play one game that night. You don't really get to get that. There's gonna be dead rubber games and stuff like that, which which is not really entertaining because you'll watch two of the games on the evening and then tune out. Now it's okay, cool, start to finish. So yeah, like you say, I mean, I, I've seen on Twitter as well how divided they are, but I I don't get it. I I feel as though seeing a, a start to finish event that's that's what darts is. I mean, it's it's like watching T20 basically. Amazing. I've got to ask one more. I've got to ask one more. The shoes, Dev. The shoes. I'll get murdered if we don't ask you about the shoes. Thank goodness that you did. Listen, it's no, no, no. So, so I know that people on Twitter, and this is this is this is how cynical our sport is, right? If you Google any sport that is is reputable on Google, everybody's got a cleat, a shoe, or whatever, whatever, with technology, right? What we created a shoe that is is specifically four dots. And when I say specifically four dots, when you buy Ronaldo boots, right? If Lee puts on Ronaldo boots, he's never going to be like Ronaldo. But he's going to feel there's there's some level of comfortability that he's going to feel. He likes maybe the, the kind of aerodynamicness of the shoe or boot or whatever the case may be. The same with darts. People ask me, will it make me a better player? No, it will make your foot positioning more com uh, more consistent and the comfortability is second to none. So before I used to buy, I used to buy probably in a season three, four pairs of shoes simply because I couldn't find a specific one from Yuga Boss to Puma, from the ex most expensive to the cheapest, just to find, I even used to play in basketball shoes. So low comfort, low Jordan 11s. It does not make sense that a sport that is so accurate and so professional does not have a shoe. Now we have a shoe and everybody's going, oh, yeah, but it's 
it's um, 130 quid or whatever the case may be. Yugo Boss is exactly the same price. And we see everybody on tour with Yugo Boss shoes. It's because everybody want to look cool and all of those things, but it's not practical. It's not comfortable at all. The inner soles are this then. So if I'm, if I'm, I'm not talking because people might think I'm just sponsored by them. I, I only, I only collab with, with companies that I can put my name on a product and go, listen, this actually works. That's the, the, it's not because they're paying me extra money or anything like that. So if you are a dart player and you want to feel the most comfortable, have the most consistent um, foot placement and all of these things, that is the shoe for you. If you don't like the shoe, I, I suggest don't buy it. But at some point you're going to buy it because the shoe is going to be here for 10, 20 years. And then people's going to advance on it. And yeah, then the people's going to go, yeah, but remember, this was the shoe beginning, blah, blah, blah. Like things evolve. Um, I think that our sport is becoming a lot more technical. There's a lot more science in it as well. I've even encountered a um, a, th a coach that does tracking of your throw in Austria. So that's never existed before. Proper tracking, like consistency of your release. They've got a wire graph of it, your position, your foot positioning, where the pressure points are, every release. Those kind of things are coming to the sport. So... Darts is a very still pub mentality, but we play on TV kind of sport. Once we start getting it into schools and people start researching scientifically and all of these things, things are going to get crazy. So, yeah, you guys are at the forefront of that. And, and I think that your lounge is, is bringing, bringing the, the, the topics to the, to the, to the audience. Devin, Just, he, he, ended, he ended it with mentioning, obviously, Devin's the second best PDC dancer. And you put me in the same sentence of Tristiano Ronaldo. I think that's a perfect way to end, isn't that? <laughs> yeah, simply because he was a dad at Man United, and that's. We got to let him have his moment in the sun. He hasn't had it for seven years. Yeah, but, but remember, Lee, you did, and 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 I have to say this: myself and Lee had a bet because he was. Um, so enthusiastic about Ronaldo coming to the Premier League, and he bet me two hundred pounds that Mo Salah would be behind Cristiano Ronaldo on the goal tally. Ronaldo left before the season was over and he parted with 200 quid. So, man of his word, listen, Lee, if you send me a size shirt, I'll send you a shirt signed by Mo Salah as well. <laughs> uh, David Peterson, absolute pleasure to have you on the live lounge, my friend. Thank you very much for your time as always, buddy. Cheers, take it easy. Enjoy the evening, yeah? Cheers, buddy. Cheers, bye-bye. David Peterson. What's a lad? Oh, I thought we'd forgot about that money. <laughs> <laughs> no chance, mate. Oh, what's yeah. a lad? Serves you right. I, tell you, I, could, I could listen to him all day long because his enthusiasm for the sport is just up there with the very best. Yeah. Just infectious the way he talks about yeah. the, the growth of the sport and everything like that. As a, as a player, he probably carries more than most as well. Where he's had technical difficulties and been to so many coaches and, and gone down that route of it. Plus being the absolute forefront face of African darts for a considerable period of time now that hasn't developed a real strong second or third like we have in other countries. You saw Ratajski come through from Poland. Five years later, we're looking at Kuchuk, Bielecki, um, Sulgansky. You look at Australia, Whitlock was the first. You look at the players that have followed since even in the BDO days. You've got the likes of Tony Fleet and who was the world champion. 
from where? Sorry. Australia, BDO. Tony David. Tony David. Then you've got Kyle Anderson, Paul Nicholson, <laughs> Damon Hatter, Corey Cabby, etc. A lot of these nations have developed players afterwards. Africa's still searching for that. And for Devon to keep shouldering that burden whilst being involved in growing the game for a grassroots level in on that continent, not just a country, on a continent is massive. Yeah, agreed. So from there, we go to the European tour where a certain Welshman absolutely carved up Germany this weekend. Gerwin Price had fallen out of the uh, 16 in the Pro Tour Order of Merit. I think it's safe to say, boys, he is firmly back in there now. Um, look, and in style. I, I look, some style. Look, before we look at some of the other bits, he's he's come through. He's beaten Christoph Ratajski with 109 average. He's beaten the current world champion of world number one at a canter with 110 average. He then beats Michael Van Gogh with 106 Noppy with 100, and the worst performance was in the final, but it's still 96. That is some run and performance from Gerwin Price. At one, the 102 average was his lowest of the European Tour this season at one point. That's yeah. ridiculous. Uh, it's just mind-blowing what he's doing at the moment. And For a man who wasn't in the seedings after, if he didn't go on and win one or... Picked up a certain amount of money. He misses, I think he misses two Euro tours, doesn't he? He misses two and then comes back and they're yeah, in the yeah. top 15. Which just, it was just ridiculous. Saw bits, obviously, with the seniors, but the the majority of the evening when we're travelling back and I'm constantly saying to Jack, Derwin's now averaging 108. He's now, it's now dropped massively. It's now 104. And it's like, it was just, there was no let off whatsoever. No. From back-to-back Premier League night wins, to then go on and produce that in the Euro Tour just shows the the form and the fight more than anything for me. Like I said, I was really worried six weeks ago with how, how Price was when he was talking to you after losing in one of the Premier League nights. It just seemed like that. It, may, it may have been come towards the end of end of the road a little bit, or the lack of motivation to be at the very very top. And the fact he's now come back and producing some incredible stuff. If this was at a different time of the year, we could be talking about this being the, the best of Derwin Price. If this was in a world championship and he's had these run of averages of well, a match play, we could be talking about it being a better run of form. It just happens to be that all he's won is one Euro Tour and two Premier League nights. But the run has been ridiculous. It was after Belfast, wasn't it? When he just didn't look like he wanted to be there on opening night and looked a shadow of the man as well. Because normally, going yeah. Price, he's not very tall, He's huge character on stage. The chest's always pumped up. And he just looked a shadow of that man in Belfast. Yeah. And Wayne Marble said it as well, that there was a genuine concern at that point that going Price was going to walk away from darts. There was from the world. He won in Cardiff and that arrested it a little bit, but he didn't really yeah. back it up either. We've seen glimpses in round one and two on the Pro Tour that this has been in Gezi. But actually, when he has lost on the Pro Tour this year, it's been a little bit flat. It's been with a little bit of a falter. It's been... Where the hell has that 89 average come from when he just averaged 106 for three rounds? It, it's a little bit like Gary Anderson last year and, yeah. and, and Adrian Lewis at times and a couple of others where it is flattered to deceive. You think there's something coming and it hasn't materialised, but actually it, the last couple of weeks it has just clicked that little bit more and he just looks in sensational rhythm and incredibly difficult to stop right now. 
Look, the other huge story for me at this, the Euro Tour in Leverkusen, was Ricardo Petrescu, Pikachu. What a run he's had to the quarterfinals. Um, and there's a lot to like about him as well. Um, the throw, I like the throw. Look, I'm not sure about the two fingers up in the air, but fundamentally, it's nice. It's fluent. There's a good follow through to it. And look, he's beaten Gert Nunches with a 97. He's then come back from 5-1 down to beat Peter Wright 6-5. He beat Stephen Bunting before losing to Rob Cross in a last leg decider in the quarterfinals. We saw this at the back end of last year, Gob, especially when we were doing the Pro Tours, when he got himself to the Players' Championships and everything like that. There's a lot to like about Ricardo Petrescu right now. Yeah, like you said, the, the fundamentals of his action are solid. The elbow's nice and hard, the follow-through solid, the sighting and bringing it back to the same place is brilliant. I, I too... Don't understand the two fingers off the dart, but not every technique works for everybody. And and I think he's another that will just settle if he's allowed to go about his business. The best thing for him is to not win anything too soon, as, as stupid as that sounds. If he goes and wins a pro tour or, or does something silly in the Euro tour or whatever else and gets the attention of the nation on him, like we've seen with others before, that might be a bit difficult. But if he's allowed to just go about his business for this year, keep picking off wins, keep picking up solid performances, then he can be a real threat in the sport. Yeah, absolutely. Look, there's, there's some question marks from this Euro Tour as, as well. So let, let, let's discuss them. Um, first up, two Premier League players that I'm kind of a little bit worried about right now, in Johnny Clayton and Peter Wright, that we heard um, <clears throat> Desi speaking, oh, no, I think it was Mark Webster talking about it, that Obviously, he's been told by the players and whatever that Peter Wright's not enjoying the Premier League. And I think that's coming across at, at the moment as well. But those two in particular don't look themselves right now. Yeah. On the on the Peter Wright one, there is a concern there around his day. And we've mentioned it a few times over the past few weeks. The fact that we've seen that not just on the Premier League, but generally across the board at Euro Tours and Pro Tours. We're aware of... It's been publicised that there's been health issues in the right household over the past 12 months. And it may just be all of that building up in addition to what we've seen him travel. Obviously, the impact it's had on travel has been the same for everyone uh, over the past couple of weeks in the Premier League. It just seems like it might be the right time for Wright to pick and choose. It was predominantly a player who plays in absolutely everything or has done previously. It might be that this year is the right time. I know we can't at the moment with the Premier League, but once the Premier League's done, he's looking at certain tournaments and mate and having himself a little break away from the sport. And then see and when I say a little break, it's just, you know, maybe two or three weeks off. It's not it's not in doing much longer. But then seeing him refresh and seeing him bat at the match play and seeing him fighting then there is concerns now because of the constant changing of darts. And it's what you do because when Peter Wright used to win, the changing of darts we used to complain about, but he still used to win. Now he's not winning, what does he do? And I think that's sort of one of the questions to ask because does he then stick with one dart for three months because and try and change his approach completely? It's very difficult because he had a different way of playing before. Johnny's the other one. It was his lowest TV average at the Premier League this week. And then... He loses to Ryan Meikle with a sub-90 average as uh, as well. The, there are question marks around Johnny at the moment. 
There are, and I've been big on Johnny for the last couple of weeks because it looked like he was building some sort of momentum. The 140 count was starting to go up, and it was just those key moments that he seemed to be losing the battle in. Like, it was four each with Gezi the other week, loses leg nine against the darts, doesn't really recover from it. But actually, the more and more this goes on, the more and more you have to start looking at going, right, well, when's Johnny's next win coming from? Winless in terms of a title on TV last season, despite brilliant couple of years before that there are now concerns that he started picking up wins didn't he week three or week four and you thought right he's just going to keep motoring or keep accumulating points or keep picking them off and then he'll start making finals and he'll start winning a couple and, and that's just what Johnny will do and he'll be there or thereabouts for the the top four of the Premier League and the more this campaign goes on the more you're waiting for that to materialise and it isn't quite there yet and it he's a busy man he's going to have a busy schedule once again and and he's gone. And we've lost him. And we've lost him. What a shame. Um, <laughs> his camera has packed up on him. Um, but yeah, look, I, we, we, we get the point that, yeah, there are question marks and that Johnny needs to answer. Um, the, but- the, probably the one thing I would just add to that, onto what Dob was saying there, is he's mentioned there looking at when his next win is. The difference between Clayton and Peter Wright, personally, I think Peter Wright needs that break. Whereas with Clayton, I don't think it's the worst thing that he's got another eight weeks of Premier League. Yes, he might not finish in the top four. However, he's got that ability now to have eight weeks of going on to maybe win a night and lifting that confidence. I think there's a difference there between the two where Johnny can play himself back into form, where I think Peter needs the break. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, Eurotour rolls on to Risa. This week, straight after the Premier League. Um, so, from there, while well, Job tries and sorts his, his shit out, um, we will go through um, Premier League this week. And, yeah, Premier League this week. And then we'll do Martin Adams and we've got some other bits to do as well. So, we go. Bid Johnny's comment is great. That's all he does for two hours. Bid Johnny in the chat room has just put one minute thumb on. I can say stupid. <laughs> um, <Yes job. laughs> we go to Berlin this week. Mercedes-Benz Arena. Um, it's an unbelievable, unbelievable arena. But it doesn't get any easier for the two we've just spoken about, Boise, because Johnny Clayton has Michael Van Gerwen. And Peter Wright has going price. When you're searching for a little bit of form and searching for something, not the ideal two ties. Not the ideal two ties. And you would think that if one can upset, there's always a possibility. But you don't expect two. So you'd feel like you've either done a play price and then MVG or MVG and then price, depending on which way you come around that, which makes that part of the draw ridiculous for all four players. But the Flip part of that is obviously the the top half seems to be very open to the other four in there are really in the mix. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. Uh, chat room, come and get involved in this bit as well. Um, God's gone for a pizza, and that's what it is. Uh, so first up, Dimitri Vandenberg against Michael Smith. Where are you going? Ah, oh, can dob the first. Uh, now, nah. um, <laughs> I'm going to go for 
Dimmy. I know there's concerns around the other two, but I've also got a few about Michael Smith. It's been what? Just having a quick look now. Back-to-back -back losses to Dobie. And I think Dimmy's in a better place than Michael Smith. So Dimmy's done for a quarter-final one. Welcome back, Dob. Just in time for Premier League predictions, Gob. Hey. <laughs> uh, I'm the other way. I'm going Michael Smith. I don't see him losing three on the spin. Um, so I'm going Michael Smith 6 4. What are you saying, Gob? Smith. Aspinall Dobie. <coughs> Again. Same of every matchup, to be fair. Dobie. I just think he's yeah. I, I keep writing Dobie off at the minute thinking it's going to end at some point and he keeps winning, so I'm going to have to go Aspinall. Uh, I'm going to have to go Dobie. <laughs> <laughs> he's having a mare. Yeah. He's having a time yet. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going for the Asp. MVG Johnny Clayton. I'm going MVG. Yeah, I'm going MVG. Yes. Yes. Uh, Peter Wright, Gatherin Price. Gizzy. You're back in an M. Johnny Clayton, dog. Sure. Um, Gatherin Price for me. Yeah. So, winner and runner-up of night nine in Berlin. Who is it going to be? Nathan Aspinall finally backed up a quarter-final win with a semi-final win over Dime. And... Price made it two wins in a week for then Stan VG. He wins your final then, Boise. He's got to be stopped at some point. But it's not this week. I'm doing Price for free. Oh, everyone there. Everyone there. Back against girl in Price because... <laughs> We're all going the same. I'm going go in price to make it three in a row. I just think he's on he's on another world right now. There's only one there's only one person I do think who can stop him at the minute. That's Michael. Yeah. Let, 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 let's be fair, those two at the moment are head and shoulders above everyone else. Right now, they are a country mile above the rest. <laughs> Um, yeah, and, and, and to be honest, if Derwin or Mike had an off rate, anyone in that top half could beat them. But right now, just the form of Johnny and Pete, I'm not sure they could. Yeah, I uh, agree. Um, right, we're going to play the ball feet clip that we were going to play before uh, <laughs> Dev came on, where he rules out a return to Lakeside and WDF darts. It's a definite no, because, uh, you know, to... 
I don't see the value in me trying to travel Europe and so forth to, to gain points for two events in a year. You know, work it out, WDF. I've got four events here yeah. plus the Super Series. You haven't got four events. You've only got two. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's it. And you know, historically, I, don't, I mean, I know it's a bit of a bad thing to say, but the prize money's fallen. So with the prize money falling, would you want to go and do all that circuit? No. No. I don't. I've done it for years. Done with it. Concentration now. World Seniors. Super Series. Happy days. <laughs> I'm quite emphatic though from Wolfie and look, I guess he's only saying what a lot of people are thinking as well in terms of the prize money going down and they're chasing around Europe for like he says only two I guess look, that, that's dominant because the TV is the route to bigger prize money and, and making a career out of this and look, Wolfie was always quite not quite he is a staunch defender of the BDO and, and the WDF. And you look back at some interviews in the past, he was another player like Dozer that didn't particularly want to leave, didn't enjoy the razzmatazz and the crowds. Well, he's embraced that a little bit more as, as, yeah. as he's grown, not grown up, the man's 60 something, but you know what I mean? As his career has gone on and he's gone, actually, this isn't as bad as perhaps it was first portrayed and it's not quite as black and white either side. But to hear him talk so passionately about, the WDF and, and, and not wanting to be part of that side anymore is, is difficult to hear for darts fans, I guess, because for many, aside from Dozer, Wolfie is the standout figure from BDO or WDF darts for the last 20 years, easily. 100%. And it, it, it's more the emphatic nature that you said it as well, Boise. Yeah, there's no real surprise in the sense of him dismissing it because he has done recently. Um, before then, it's more the sort of the that than the rest of of the WDF at the moment. With there only been those two TV events, two major events, while we're within the call on. And I just think the lack of information once again from the WDF. We talked about the Masters. It has a, it has a huge impact on all the players. And for Martin right now, who's dark the World Seniors, and he's performing very well in the World Seniors, who's performing fairly well in the Super Series. Obviously, sometimes the uh, longevity of the days can play a part. I'm not sure why Martin Adams would feel the need to go and travel around Europe or the world to try and get qualification points. It just... I wouldn't understand the decision. I don't think it would... It'd be a strange move to make. So I think it's probably right for where Martin's name is, his age, and everything else he's got going on. It's the right decision for him not to be in it, but it is a huge loss to the WDF that he's not competing in it. Well, again, Pete says it here. We've got an interesting interview with Neil Duff coming out as well this week, um, as well, where he talks about the amateur game in some detail. Really, really good as well. Um, but look, certainly in the UK, the ADC is the dominant force in the amateur game in the UK right now. It is and it isn't, because the one thing that the WDF still hold a candle over is that they have a world championship on TV. And the, the ADC had plans for that. They had their global championship. That was put back due to the cost of living crisis, etc. 
the longer they go absent without an end goal, the less and less people that are going to commit. But there's also that logic that actually the next WDFI Championship isn't until December 2024. But within this time frame now, if you do not have a confirmed date or have already held some sort of end of season championship that is on a broadcast of some sort for the ADC, they will miss out on capitalising on this because that still means an awful lot to people. From the floor up, they've approached it the right way. Targeting local leagues, the vault series is absolutely flying. You've got women's you've got uh, a women's tour on that, but they have to have an end goal. I agree to a point, but I also disagree because of the relationship with the Super Series and listening to players talk. And again, Dazza highlights the point in the interview we're going to bring out with him that players are seeing the fact that there is at least one ADC qualifier per week that is going to be on TV as a huge carrot. Itch. And that's coming from Dazza. That, and he's talking about people in the Northeast specifically, that they see that as a bigger deal getting to the Super Series than getting to Lakeside. With guaranteed money and TV appearances, etc. granted. However, the, there is still a couple of caveats to that. One is the timing of these events. The I think it was the Yorkshire region qualifier was recent and it clashed with a county weekend or or something very similar. Wasn't as well attended as it could have been for the players that had supported it for a long, long time. Produced a player that wasn't at the level that is required to play a full week for the Super Series. And, and they hold that rights reserved to deny that player if they're not a level that is going to produce consistently within the field they're placed in. And they're still about a world championship. It doesn't matter how you perform to get there. Those events, it does. But I, I, I think in the UK, they are the, the dominant force right now. And especially with the growth into Northern Ireland as, as well. And it's coming in Holland, Germany. Um, it's being invested in quite heavily there by big people. And the caveat, or not the caveat, but the other one as well, what we saw in Australia, was it two weeks ago, when you had the DPA and the ADC on the same weekend, the big guns in Australasia picked the ADC route. Yeah, I, I, I agree I, with Jack in the sense of it needs a sort of a finale for the year, whatever that may be, you know. Can't be told the world championship because you teeth off, Phil, but we need some sort of finale for it to be told. However, however, this is something that's in, in its early stages. Yeah, what we're in about the third year, if you're including mad part of it. You know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's still very, very early on in its structure. And if it means that it wants to get it right in, in these areas and adding Northern Ireland to the growth, adding then Holland, Germany, as you mentioned there with Australia is building up to get into that position and the structure being in the right place first before they do that. Because we saw them put an open event and then obviously that then not cancelled. That to me would be the, the right move, but it needs to have that bid event at some point. It needs to have that bid TV. Right, I'm, just playing, I'm, playing, I'm playing the devil's advocate here because they don't clash at the moment. But the way the Super Series structure is and the way the WDF worlds now fall, at the end of the year, Champions Week and the WDF worlds could clash. 
that would be interesting to see then which one players picked. It would, but it's a long way off yet. Oh, you know, I'm just, playing, I'm just playing devil's advocate with it that because of that, the way the Super involved, Series isn't the ADC, that's the difference. There's a route into it via the ADC, but the, the discussion no, but, was yeah, ADC but, versus but, but, but they are connected. Super Series is a standalone only thing. It's more connected than you think. Um, also, PDC dropped it a day early. We were getting prepped for the Friday, and they dropped it early. Two or two World Series announcements. One, we have a brand new tournament. We are going to Poland for the first time. We have lineups for Poland and the US Darts Masters. We'll do the US one first because that's slightly easier because it's an existing tournament. So the lineup this year will be. Tell me you got the Premier League wrong with that. I mean, um, the re PDC representatives are uh, Michael Smith, Peter Wright, Gelvin Price, Michael Van Gogh, and Rob Cross, Luke Humphreys, Dimitri Vandenberg, Nathan Aspinall. They will be joined by Jeff Smith, Matt Campbell, Jules Van Dongen, Alex Spellman, the cross-border challenge winner, and three qualifiers to be confirmed. Interesting lineup. They need to add the World Seniors Champion of Champions. For me, I would have added the 2022 Women's World Match Play Champion as well. To be fair, I, I was surprised that she wasn't in New York. Being, being yeah. everything that went with it, I thought out of them all, that she was never going to get them all 100%, but I thought maybe, just maybe, they might have given her New York again because of the interest around it last year was like nothing I've ever seen. But look, they've, they've gone back to just this and is it the most exciting lineup? Could it be more exciting? Yes. Look, I'd like to have seen Dirk have one of the World Series events. I think he's done, he's done enough to, to warrant a go in a World Series event whether that was New York or, or Poland. Yeah, I think I think that should have been in one. Um, not says more surprised with Fallon not being in. <coughs> and I think it would have been just deserved as well. Hang on, uh, did you say there is, Gates isn't involved? No. As it stands? No, he's got to qualify. After winning the US Darts Masters last year at the same time? The carrot was the US Darts Masters winner has got a spot at Ali Pali. Not you, the That's North American, stupid. the North American champion got a spot at Ali Pali. That was the, the the carrot. Stupid. Um, look, you'd fancy him to come through one of the qualifiers. Let's be fair. It's still a risk. I'm still a risk flying to the UK on Tuesday to play on Friday. Um, and we are going to Walsall for the first time. Uh, Warsaw? The only change, the only Warsaw. change, Warsaw. Warsaw. Warsaw, we've been to go to visit him, and nobody <laughs> wants to do that. Um, <laughs> the only change to the PDC representatives, Peter Wright had a prior family commitment, so he drops out, and Danny Noppert comes in. Well deserved. I don't, I don't, very well deserved. Danny Noppert should have had an invite to something by now, and the fact it's taken. 15 months to produce and it's going to be nearly 16, 17, maybe even 18 months after his TV success 
despite being ranked in the top eight in the world and approaching, does he finish fifth four card race as it stands right now? Uh, fourth at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, and the Eastern European representatives, Christoph Ratajski, Christoph Kachuk, Radek Sadansky, Boris Kirchmar, uh, Karol Sadacek, Adam Gaulas, a Hungarian qualifier and a Polish qualifier to come through. Not against that. That's, that's all the card holders. Bielecki, you'd say, is favourite for one of those qualifiers. The other one, Hungary, you're looking at... Who won the online WDF tournament? Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. It'll come to me in a minute. Um, but yeah, that is the, the World Series. And look, I like the fact we're going to Poland. I think it's a good step. Um, sounds like South Africa is on the horizon as well, which will be good. Not for your air miles, mate. You're killing this planet, all the flying you're doing. <coughs> <laughs> we'll get a ferry instead. <laughs> um, but yeah, now look, Poland, a good thing. So looking forward to the World Series reigniting and I'm guessing as well the fact they put Poland in pretty much rules out a second Australian event because that's the quote and I've done I'm guessing it was either another one in Australia or Poland which is a shame mm. however it's good to see that Poland have got one I still um, don't like the fact we go to North America for one event that should I'd be an American and a Canadian now. There's enough depth I'd, in both of those. Yeah. Stop yeah. sharing. I'd like New York, New York, Toronto, back-to-back weekends. It would it would work. Yeah. I am with you there. Uh, Super Series, told folks what they want. Super Series. Um, Steve West booked his place at Champions Week. Beat Fallon Sherrick in the final. But finals night generally this week was an unbelievable standard. So good. Fallon, Steady, Lee Budgen, Beeson. Good crack. Yeah, it was good. Um, so, shall we open up question time as well? Whilst we think, have we missed anything else in a week of darts where people get their questions in? We have missed We have missed the Open Series. We mentioned Blackpool. We mentioned everything around Blackpool apart from the two events on the floor. Over to you, Mr. Darwood. They've both definitely just texted you because you went out of them on Saturday night, haven't they? Uh, I was out of them on Saturday night. <laughs> no, uh, no. I can, I can, uh, I can confirm that now. But now neither of them have texted me, or I've not looked. They probably have, but I've not. Looked. <laughs> Saturday won by Mike Huntley. That moves them up to four seniors titles now. Just one behind Richie Housen. Probably won by uh, Mike Huntley. I'll throw it up. Yeah, that one. And then the Saturday, the, the Open Series 2 won by Neil Duff, uh, beating Nana Gates on the way. Um, solid run. He looked steady as survived match starts a couple of times, but when he got rolling, I, I marked one of his games, I think it was the quarterfinal, just silky smooth. Looked very, very good. So, seniors is in a good place right now. The, the standard on the floor on the tour is ridiculous. At one point, Derek Coulson averaged 107, I think it was 108 in one of his games. Like, just staggering. Gates yeah. got 109 at one point, which is a new seniors record. It, it just keeps motoring on. And we're, we're back again in a couple of weeks. I like how close the next qualifier is. But we've had a floor event, and then within three weeks, we're going again. I know not 
everybody wants a, a full 52 week of the year seeing his tour etc but i like keeping it together you can measure form that way it's, it's measuring up nicely at the the top of both the the ranking points list and the money list and that the, certainly looking like we've got a, a clearer picture in one of those on who's going to be in in the masters uh but the other one is still all to play for yeah other than that a week in dance i don't think we've missed anything have we ish bit of a story on social media earlier today following a video posted from northamptonshire county darts I think it's look, it's a story that's been made a man out of a molehill. That okay, I get why people are upset about it, but it wasn't as if Ricky planned it. Yeah, and he just produced a statement as well saying didn't know about it until I turned around. Made me incredibly uncomfortable. Apologise yeah. for the call. Northampton have done similar at that point. Just <coughs> one with it, I guess. Is this, this, this is what I mean? Well, if if it had been planned and he'd have been part of it, then I get the outcry. But the fact he was just on his walk on got onto the stage, shaking hands, looked around, and it was there, and you could physically see how uncomfortable Ricky looked, then I just think it's a, it's been, he's been unfairly targeted for no reason. In that respect. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not a right thing to say. It's not what we want to see at all. Uh, and it's just unfortunate that we've seen it in a name then that's associated to it. Yeah, and like he said, he's, he's he knew absolutely nothing about it, but his name initially when the video got sent out was tagging in certain people and tagging in organisations. When it just it, it didn't seem right, it was the the two individuals who were to blame, not the player or the two players. Yeah, uh, right. Question time: Who's your favourite sports pundit? One's easily Simon Jordan. Simon Jordan's up there. I do like a bit of Simon Jordan. No. No, no, no. Um, Overinflated sense of importance. That big build-up to him versus Eddie Hearn the other week was nauseating. It was, but when it did the numbers it did, you can do this biggest build-up you goddamn want. Cause those I listened to the entire thing and I just thought, you're going to be Piers Morgan at times. Stop shouting over it. Uh, uh, now, but who's my favourite sports pundit? I don't know. There's lots I like. It depends what sport we're in. There's some exceptional ones out there. Uh, I do like Jim White as well. I thought he handled that debate terribly as a host. Oh, that Yeah, I, I agree. But in general, I like Jim White. Yeah, same. Um. Has Michael Smith lost a bit of motivation after becoming world champion? I don't think motivation. I don't think people quite understand the commitments that are placed on a player as a world champion. The likes of um, Anderson, Van Gerwen, um, Price, Wright, they're used to the media attention because they've done it for so long and so often. But I, I just think that all that has come to Michael Smith and it's a little bit of a what, what's going on here type thing. And target on your bat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's so, a yeah, huge target on your bat. I, yeah. I, I don't think there's a, a lack of motivation with Michael. I think it's, as you mentioned, the media impact plus everyone wants to beat a world champion. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jane, so I, I, I know lots of news, but not that we're going to share on here. 
Donna, come here. Um, the case has come a long way. Yep. Uh, <laughs> we, we are going to talk about this, right? My five was magnificent. However, Gob's still having nightmares about me and you doing the run through, aren't you, Gob? Boy, there were sweets left in this before I went away. I'm going to kill my brother. <laughs> uh, so, look, on the um, on the Friday, we had to do... We didn't have to, but they obviously there's a, a sand check and a run-through and whatever. And me and Gob got to do the walk-ons and throw some darts on stage. Um, and Gob didn't beat me. I didn't lose either before the piles on, by the way. It was 1-1. I missed about 40 darts a double again. Petrified of the fact that I got to double one once again and Helen Chamberlain was about to take a photo of me calling me a double one wanker. And I must admit, I played every game going on that stage. I didn't make a difference, mate. But my... It must have. Phil's unbeaten at Enster at darts in Blackpool. Same as me being unbeaten at Enster in Blackpool at Snooker. Sometimes sports isn't for you, my friend. That's all. Right. We'll end that one. We'll move on to the next yeah, question. Smashed you up on a pool table. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, me, me, me and God won all, which I will massively take. I'll be honestly. I think it might have been the antics from the night before more than his dart arts. <laughs> not in a good way. <laughs> you're not helping my. You're not helping my reputation at all. You've mentioned them Thursday night. You've mentioned them Saturday night. Oh. Job I stayed on Friday, right? We're going to bring it back on special occasions, Pete. Special occasions. Competition, we've got rid of it. <laughs> it, it, it. It's still there. Speaking of competitions, yes, I've got some signed programs in my bag. I forgot they were there actually. Yes, you do. I forgot they forgot they're in my bag. Yeah, we we've gonna run a competition this week on Facebook. We've got a couple of signed programs by Leonard Gates and Richie Housen to give away for you guys. Um who wins the cross border challenge? The CDC. Good question. Look. There's some serious talent in that lineup this year. David Cameron. I really want to say Leonard Gates, but I'm going to say Danny Lowry. I was done more Cameron. But then we've just all written off Leonard Gates. Uh, if Gary has a good year and wins a big one. Uh, Hendy. I genuinely believe if Gary Anderson could win the match play or the World Championships and he would turn down a Premier League place. Yes. I, I don't think it matter what he, what he wins, I don't think you'll see Gary Anderson in a Premier League again through his choice. If he wins a World Championship, I think he's there. Oh, he'd be offered one. I think he'd say no. No, I think... By winning bugger all, but it doesn't mean he's going to take it. Ish. We suspect, allegedly. Rob Cross one would hundred percent take it. If Gary Anderson wins the world championship, I think he's in the. He'll, I think he'll play in the Premier League. I'll word it that way. If he wins the match play, maybe not. But if you if he was to, whatever he says, the world champion has to be in the Premier League. Um, 
Jamie, I 100% Dirk is heading towards a 2024 Premier League spot with the tour card race as well. Talking about next year's Premier League bids before this one's over. <laughs> and I think there'll be more than eight as well. But yeah, look, Dirk's playing himself into all kinds of things at the moment. He's just good to watch. Yes. Looking forward to the mark. Uh, everyone loves Augusta. One of two golf tournaments a year worth watching. Yeah. That and the Ryder Cup, just to pump some Americans. Hello, guys. Hope you're having a lovely time. When was the last player playing back-to-back champ? Worlds? Gary. Gary, yeah. 15-16. Next. Next. Um... And other than that, it would have been Grand Slam Gezi in terms of major. Yeah. That is ridiculous, haunting ground. The Aldersley Leisure Village. Horrible place. Inside, it's all right. It's just getting to Never it. Never get a bite out of Lee. Uh, Can't lie. In, inside, it's genuinely all right. It's Wolverhampton, not Walsall. It's fine. Same thing. Yes, WrestleMania weekend, James. Dark child, Philip. Dark child. Ha <laughs> child. <laughs> better. None of that crap here, thank you. You talk about Liverpool <laughs> enough. Hey. Um, but plenty coming up. We have interviews to drop this week. An extended one with Chris Mason, Glenn Durrant, Neil Duff, all to drop. As well, well, that's harsh, Pete. We're still trying to get the Royal Rumble of Darts. Bang on, Pete, which suits Phil perfectly because he is a giant man child. Yes, I am, and I'm not even sorry about it. Right, thanks for watching, everyone. <laughs> and yes, I am going to the O2 to watch Money in the Bank as well. We're all about to get raided for our hard drives, haven't we? <laughs> Some of us have got a quiz to go to. <laughs> uh, but, no, plenty coming up. Premier League and Euro Tour action this weekend. I am going to the Euro Tour as well. So we'll be having plenty of content coming your way. Uh, Fallout Bar returns on Thursday. Not sure who's on yet this week. Someone someone will be here. <laughs> Hopefully two, but yes. definitely one. Um, but other than that, boys, it's all good, isn't it? Darts yes. is in a good spot. Darts is the winner. Yes. And so are LP Metal Detective and Pete for being an absolute hero. Yeah, look, that, that was... The, I, we shouldn't say this because it's not a darting moment on the hockey and that's taking something away from Nana Gates, but that was the moment of the weekend. It's the moment of the dying year. year. Yeah. Moment of the dying year. Good luck beating that. You tell Michael Smith that. It's not happening. Not happening. Sorry. Michael Smith, Michael Smith will disagree with you, but he'll <laughs> win more, and then it devalues it. End <laughs> time. Yeah, it's not happening again. Yeah, no. Look, just a truly, truly great thing to do from Pete at LP Metal, and again, he's always in our chat room, which is great as well. Um, so that is us signing out. Uh, before, before we go, we said we give it a plug to the organisers as well. 
Tickets for Yeovil are on sale. The next World Seniors televised event. A local one for me. I might be staying on the Sunday night. <laughs> not, not driving back laps at night. Not, a, not an evening event and a, a journey back, no chance. Oh, I love it. It's an hour from home. Brilliant. So when they all walk around with web feet, we know what. <laughs> um, but that is us signing off. Uh, remember, if you haven't yet, make sure you drop us a like and subscribe. We much appreciate your continued support as always, everyone. I've been Phil Bars, Jack Garwood, Lee Boy. Actually, no, well, well, I'm not going to sign us off. First of all, Lee, how was the recovery? Idiot. <laughs> you know what? Right, before you go, there was at least four people this weekend, two of which I've never seen before in my life. So, thanks for watching, by the way, those two people who I met. However, I did not have an operation last weekend. Oh. You pair of bell. You know the last <laughs> bell. You slipped off with it. Oh. <laughs> uh, anyway, recovering Lee Boyce, Jack Garwood, and me, Phil Bars. That is us signing off for another week on the Live Lounge, and we'll see you all next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 